Hi, man. Dr. Greg Popchak here with episode 24 of the Bedatitudes podcast. And we're continuing our look at the eighth Bedatitude, Blessed are the Dads who are Persecuted for the Sake of Righteousness. But this week, we're looking at um, righteousness and marriage. You know, how, how do we uh, properly order our relationship with our spouse? You know, this, this um, Bedatitude is all about the pushback that we get for making choices to put our marriage and family life first. Um, and I want to speak first to um, the importance of praying with your wife uh, every day um, to have a righteous marriage, to have a godly marriage. And I know I've talked about this before. <coughs> Excuse me. And I flog this pretty regularly in the podcast, but I just can't say it enough. Um, I really genuinely believe with all my heart that, that you, know, you can have a marriage with two Christians in it, but you can't really have a Christian marriage unless your marriage is rooted in prayer. And, and I don't just mean you know, that you're saying prayers together, but I mean that you're bringing your marriage to God every day. Um, I may have shared this before, but you know, Lisa and I, uh, when the alarm goes off in the morning, the first thing we do is roll toward each other and just pray for our marriage and family. You know, Lord, just help me be the husband that you want me to be. Help me to love my wife the way she deserves to be loved and to show her how much I care about her and cherish her and treasure her. Um, and, and help me to find ways to make her day a little easier or more pleasant and, and show us really how to have the marriage and family life that you want us to have. And then she'll offer a similar prayer um, for, for, for us as well, uh, you know, so that she would be the wife that God wants her to be. Um, and, you know, and, and that really helps us keep focused, you know, in, in a very busy life where we, you know, each of us has about a million things that we do every day, just like you guys do. Um, but it does help us remind each other of the importance of our marriage and, and of prioritizing that relationship and, and prioritizing the, the need to work for each other's good, even when we're busy and overwhelmed and, and even a little frustrated, you know, so I, I, I can't underscore enough the need to ask God every day to bless your relationship and teach you how to love each other and how to have a truly righteous relationship. But but this beatitude is really not so much about that as it really is about persecution, right? Blessed are the dads who are persecuted for the sake of righteousness. Um, and so what I really want to focus on here relates to those times when your wife is actually pushing back against um, you having a faithful marriage or living your faith. You know, I talk to a lot of men who... Um, get married and then perhaps have a conversion experience or a reversion experience. And they, they very, they're very passionate about wanting to bring their spouse and their children to God. And, you know, they're playing catch up to some degree because, um, you know, the marriage didn't start that way, you know, or the family didn't start that way. And now they're midstream and all of a sudden their, their spouse and their kids are pushing back, you know, against dad who's become a religious nut, you know, so to speak. And, and how do you deal with that? You know, that, that's a particularly heartbreaking place to be. And so I just wanted to put that, this message out there for all the dads who are in that place where you are feeling persecuted by your wife for your attempts to live a more faithful life. And I want to offer some suggestions for how to deal with that gracefully. Um, the first thing has to do with reframing the problem. Um, you know, 
we tend to frame that issue as a religious issue, as a, as a, as a problem related to religious differences. And the advice that, that we get then is, well, you know, you just have to be patient because you can't force your religion down somebody else's throat. And of course, that's true um, as far as it goes. But the real problem in that situation, when, when religious issues become a dividing matter in marriage, it usually has more to do with respect than it does with religion. Um, because when you respect somebody, you work hard to try to find the truth and the goodness and the beauty and all the things that they find true, good and beautiful, right? So where you have a marriage with a couple uh, who don't share a faith, but they do share mutual respect, what you find is the less faithful or less spiritual spouse really does their best to try to see what's good in all the things that are faithful, you know, all the things that their mate wants to do. So for instance, you know, um, their, 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 their wife might not be comfortable leading prayer, but she would at least be willing to, you know, uh, be, be quiet and respectful while her husband leads prayer and participate in it. You know, she's at least there and she bows her head and she's respectful of the, of the space. She might not add a lot to it. She might not necessarily believe it, um, but she has enough respect for her husband that she's willing to support it. You know, um, she might go to mass with her husband, even though she's not so sure about all that Catholic stuff, you know, it's important to him. So she's going to go with him, you know? Um, so the, the, where there's respect in the relationship, the religious differences don't tend to divide as much. Um, where it becomes a real problem is where there is a failure of respect in the marriage overall. And you, and here's a simple test. You know, I ask people who call into the radio program with this issue, a simple question, um, so let's take it off of religion for a minute and imagine that you and your wife have a difference of opinion about anything else other than religion. How does it usually end? You know, does it end with the two of you being able to identify what's good about each other's positions and creating a new solution that meets both of your needs? Or is it one where, you know, you have a difference of opinion and you either have to give in, you know, or just agree to disagree. Um, and if it's the latter, you know, that, that you resolve those differences by either giving in or agreeing to disagree, that's more likely a failure of respect in the relationship. Because again, what it's really showing here is that not just in religion, but in every other issue, uh, you're not able to have the, what's good about your position or your ideas acknowledged. Uh, and, and so that's going to carry over to religion. And why religion becomes a problem in those marriages is because that's the one place where the faithful spouse is unwilling to give in you know, or they're unwilling to agree to disagree. It's just too important. And so their spouse who's used to either winning all the interactions or, you know, agreeing to stay out of each other's way, uh, all of a sudden, you know, gets hit with a, uh, this, this, this demand that, no, no, you need to reckon with this. And they don't know how to do that. So where um, religion becomes a really divisive issue in, in relationship, it's mostly to do with a failure of basic respect throughout the relationship altogether. And so I want you to see, if, if that's what you're dealing with, I need you to see that as the issue. Instead of seeing this as a religion problem, it's more of a respect issue. And it's important to reframe that with your spouse, you know, to say to your wife, look, I understand that you're not in the same place as I am spiritually. And I'm not interested in enforcing my religion on you. Yes, of course, I would love for you to be in this with me. But I get it. I, you have your own journey. I, I'm fine with that. But what I'm not okay with is the fact that 
this is really highlighting the fact that you, you really struggle to respect me. Uh, and when I say respect, I don't mean do whatever I tell you to do. I mean, try to find the truth and the goodness and the beauty and the things that I find true, good or beautiful. And it's not just about religion. You know, most of the things that we disagree on, I either have to give in or we agree to disagree. And this is one area where that's, that's not going to work. And so I, I think that's, that God is inviting us to learn to respect each other more. And I'm happy to learn what that means for me to you. But this is what it means to me, that, that you would be willing to work with me um, on this issue, especially around my faith. Right. And then if you need to seek professional help, then you seek professional help because it's this, when there's a failure of respect in the basic you know, marriage, um, that's not an issue that's easy for you to work out on your own for the simple reason that if your spouse is the one who doesn't respect you and you know, you need to get their permission basically to have a need acknowledged, then you coming to them and saying, I need you to respect me. They won't acknowledge it. So you need a third party to be able to step in and say, yeah, that, that really is an issue. And here's how you can begin to heal that. So if you find yourself in that situation, it's going to be important to seek some professional help. And if we can help you with uh, you know, faithful means to address that, then don't hesitate to reach out to us at catholiccounselors.com. But, that's really the first step. If you're experiencing religious persecution from your wife, um, then, the, then that is most often not a religion problem, but a failure of respect. And it's important to really see that problem for what it is and get the appropriate level of help for that. Um, but let's say, you know, whether that's the issue or not, um, the second thing that you need to keep in mind is love better. You know, uh, when we come into the faith um, or, or we get, you know, kind of, we have that reversion or conversion experience. Um, again, from the radio program, from our clients, uh, we, we hear a lot that the, the more faithful spouse, especially if it's the man, because we, we love ideas, right? We, we kind of get caught up in all the, 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 the learning and the, the, uh, the information, the faith information. We want to pass those faith facts on to everybody. Um, and, you know, it becomes the only thing we ever talk about. And that drives everybody around us crazy. Uh, so it's something to be aware of. It's not that it's a bad thing. It's just that it, it you know, in, in small bits. But we're afraid that if we don't, you know, preach at our wife or our kids constantly, then, then they, won't come, they won't come to appreciate our faith and they won't ever pray with us or share their faith with us. We feel like it's our job to get them to heaven, which it is. And, and the best way to do that, though, is to preach at them. And, and that's really not the case. Um, the most important thing we can do is learn to love better. Um, the, the best way to evangelize somebody who has not had that experience of Christ is to let them see how much more we are capable of loving them because of God's grace than we were before we had that grace. So I really encourage you if you're in that position um, to make a list of all the things that your wife has ever asked you to do, whether that was, you know, to be willing to talk about this or to, uh, you know, do it, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. I mean, assuming that it, these are not things that are, uh, you know, morally uh, Im, 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 impermissible or, um, or demeaning in some way, but to make a list of all the things your wife has ever asked of you and start doing them, just start doing them without telling her, without asking, without anything, just, just do them at least for, for several weeks. Right. And, and without a price tag attached, you're just going to do that because that's what God is asking you to do. We consecrate our homes. We consecrate our families by living out Christ's sacrificial love and doing those things that you know that your wife has asked you to do, but you've just not done because it makes you uncomfortable or because, 
you know, it's just like like you, um, that's sacrificial love. And that's what's ultimately going to consecrate your marriage and your family life to God, your ability to live out that sacrificial love. And that's how you live out your baptismal priesthood, the common priesthood of the laity, and consecrating your marriage and family life to God by, by making the sacrifice that a priest does that consecrates these common things and makes them holy. The more you live out that sacrificial love, you're not just trying to be a witness and inspiring your wife to do the same. You're, you're, you're actually bringing Christ's love into your marriage in a way that you haven't before. And at some point, you know, your wife's going to say, why are you being so nice to me? Uh, or some version of that. And then that's, that's the opportunity you have to say, you know, honey, I, I, um, you know, I, I pray a lot about how the man that God wants me to be. I pray a lot about, you know, how God wants me to love you and our kids. And I've just been really convicted over time that, that there have been a lot of things that I've said no to you about for no good reason other than that I just didn't feel like doing it or because I didn't think it was me. And the more I pray about all that, the more I realize that God needs me to be a man who can say yes to you. And, and I want to be that man. You know, and that's going to melt her heart. I mean, and this is not a gimmick, by the way. I mean, you, you can't do it unless it's real, right? Because it'll come across as fake. But, but, but if you're dedicating yourself to doing those things that you know that your wife has asked you to do, but you've just resisted doing it because, not because it's, it's morally improper or because it's personally demeaning, but just because it's just, you know, not you and you've not been comfortable with it. The more you're doing that, the more she's going to really see God's love pouring out through you. And that's going to attract her to your faith. Um, that's going to say something. So even if your wife is hostile to your faith, doing these kinds of things is really the best way to evangelize her, not preaching, you know, not sharing faith facts. That, I mean, that's fine to a degree, but, but the main thing is really sharing that witness of love. Um, and then again, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to end as I began um, by talking about prayer again. You know? um, it's about being patient and praying, but, but not... You know, yes, of course, that, that God would, would heal your marriage. Whoops, excuse me, knocking everything over. You know, yes, of course, that, that God would heal your marriage, that God would give you a more faithful relationship, that God would touch your, your, your wife's heart. But, but most importantly, um, the prayer you want to be making is, God, show me what to do. Teach me how to respond to my wife. Teach me what to say and when to say it and how to say it. Teach me what to do, most importantly, that would really open up her heart to you um, and be patient with that. Now, now, patience isn't just waiting. Patience isn't a passive virtue. It's an active, it's the active virtue of stepping back and analyzing the progress. So you know what to do next. You've probably never heard of patience that way, but, but that's, that's really what patience is. You know, uh, patience, it wouldn't be a virtue if it was just about st- standing, standing back and waiting for something to happen. Right. Patience is that active virtue. You know, like if you're working on a, on a project, right. Um, it doesn't matter whether it's you're putting something together or you're trying to learn to do something different. Sometimes what we just need to do when it's not going well is to step back, look at the progress we've made, look at what still needs to be done and be conscious about choosing the next thing. That's what patience is. Patience is that virtue that allows us to be mindful and intentional about what we're doing so that we're not just, you know, doing more of the same thing to get the same results you know, the same unsuccessful results over and over again, you know, so as, as you are praying, you're also being patient by reflecting on what's working, you know, what is actually touching your wife's heart? 
What isn't? You know, is the fact that you have had that conversation about the catechism 300 times, you know, is that not working? Maybe I should try something different, you know, or maybe that particular conversation I did have did seem to make a difference. So maybe I want to follow up on that. Or, or maybe, you know, the fact that I did the dishes without being asked and, you know, brought home flowers and, you know, asked her what she wanted to do this weekend instead of just telling her what I wanted to do. You know, maybe those little things are the things that are making the difference. But, but the point is patience is making you step back, reflect on the impact that you're having, see what still needs to be done, and then planning your next steps. And so in, in the course of all of that, you're also praying, God, teach me how to respond to my wife. And these steps, you know, it can take quite a while, but these steps that I've outlined, you know, praying with your spouse, if they're amenable to it, if not identifying that as a respect issue and seeking the help that you need to deal with that respect, loving better and loving differently and being patient and praying um, that, that God would teach you how to respond to the challenges you're facing to living your faith in your marriage and family life are the kinds of things that will bear fruit in time. Now, I'd love to continue the conversation, so please post whatever questions you've got in the Home Builders Forum uh, in, the, in the Catholic Home app. We'd love to continue the conversations. There are so many good, faithful dads who are part of the community, and we'd love to have, be able to have this discussion together and support you in living out your fatherhood. But thank you so much for tuning in today, and more next time on Pursuing Righteousness in Your Relationship with Your Kids. Stick around.